This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and uh, I'm the Executive Director for Influencers in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, back at the home office, been been on the road uh, going around training people in our new curriculum, and it's been very exciting and very encouraging. We've got thousands of men and women who are going through the journey right now, um, and they're using the, uh, the new books and the curriculum, and everybody's really excited about some of the new revelations that, that Rocky was able to bring forth in some of the new books. But I'm back here, and I'm back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And uh, we've... We always uh, just try to think about what is God saying to us, things that we're hearing uh, out there as we talk to people, maybe things where people are confused. And and uh, as I've told you all before, my my goal a lot of the times is just to pull wisdom out of Rocky, who's a mentor to me and a mentor to a lot of us and has uh, seen a lot of things. And But we all learn from each other as we, we go down these these paths. So, so today we wanted to just dive into a topic uh, that seems to be hot on our hearts right now. And it's just we, we, there's so many different groups going right now. And and we realize that there's people from all different faith backgrounds, all different Christian denominations and traditions. Mm-hmm. And and uh, because of that, there's room for confusion uh, and there's room for uh, differences of opinion about things. And, uh, and and we know that the devil would love to come in and try to stir up a journey group and get it off course, maybe uh, here or there. And so. We're always trying to speak mainly to guides, but also to you all who might be going through the journey. But uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, kind of where we stand on on some of these these difficult conversations that come up in journey groups. And I I don't know how the best way to say it, Rocky. What would you how would you set it up any better than that? Well, that's a good way. I uh, I would say that what troubles me is is not what I'm seeing in journey groups, but what I see in the church. And uh, and, and and when I say the church, I'm talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a reflection, uh, honestly, of of a lot of things that are going on politically, because there seems to be such opinions that are so strong it creates division. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and I see these divisions as not something good. I don't think divisions in the body of Christ is something that that is inspired by a God, but it's inspired by the accuser. Mm-hmm. And and uh, as a result, I think that it's probably a good conversation to have, and that is from the standpoint of what creates some of these divisions, a lot of it has to do with the denominational uh, uh, differences. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess what we could probably say is, you know, how, what do we do about it? As in, as a ministry, what's our position? Because there's going to be theological differences. People are going to, yeah. and some people are very strong on that, and they yeah. almost to the point where they think someone's not a believer if they don't believe the way they believe. Right? Well, yeah, and that, that concerns me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's not just that; it's just that it's that polarized position of saying that. That I've got this figured out. That this is the way we believe, and everybody else is wrong, and and we're the right ones, and they're the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. And yet they're talking about people who are believers, who are followers of Christ, who love Christ, mm-hmm. but they don't see it their way. And recently, I've had uh, conversations with two uh, polarized difference. Uh, one that had a, 
uh, a slant toward complete fatalism. You know, you don't have any need for evangelism at all because you either go into heaven or hell and there's nothing you can do about it, so just do nothing. And then on the other hand, there's this other extreme that basically says that, you know, grace doesn't come into to, into play at all. It has to do with man working his way to being approved by God and loved him, and, and you can lose it if you don't work to keep it and the whole thing. So you have these two extreme different points of view. Now here's the irony of it all, is that uh, they have a biblical position. <laughs> they have the scriptures that will support what they believe. Mm-hmm. Each polarized view will support the scriptures. Uh, with support with scriptures what they believe and they stand on it but what i've observed about it is it seems like that they will camp out on their point of view and not look at all the other scriptures that say well there's more to it than what you're seeing mm-hmm. and and that brings me to how i've learned to process this because you know the benefit of being involved with all the different denominations is that it's really taught me a lot about what I didn't know. And and I and I and I lovingly respect each one of those positions because those positions have a uh, well they're 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 biblically rooted. They're they're rooted in scripture. But at the same time they're uh, they're, they're shutting all, a lot of other scriptures out there. Like, for instance, the fatalist over here which says, well, there's nothing you can do. But then you have all of these other scriptures that deal with uh, man's free will mm-hmm. uh, and that we must choose to receive that which has been given to us. Uh, so what do you do with that? What do you do with the, the scriptures that deal with faith would deal with must choose uh, to receive, to believe, to be baptized. I mean, the things that we see are things that we're involved with. Uh, What do you do with that? If you have a position that said, doesn't matter, doesn't matter at all because it's going to be what it is, what it is, what it is. And that, that just doesn't seem right to me. And then on the other extreme, when you have them that, that would say that, Basically, here's all the points that, you know, uh, here's what holiness means, and it means you got to be holy because God's holy, and then you got to start making yourself like God. But what do you do with the whole sanctification process that says that you begin as a baby in Christ, and you still have the, some of the old habits, hmm. but as we begin to abide in Christ, then the old man dies away and the new man emerges. Uh, it, it's a growing process, and as a as a baby in Christ, we don't want to remain babies. We have a a need to mature, and and this is what I believe sanctification is. It's about not only keeping us safe from the time of conversion to the time that we are birthed into heaven, mm-hmm. but I believe it also is a process of development, creating Christ-like men and women, as the Holy Spirit guides us and disciples us. So if you got one polarized position that says, no, you got to be a finished product before he ever gets you, mm-hmm. then you're excluding that whole concept of his development of you as his child. Mm. So I, 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 I refuse to camp out on one position. What I do, though, is I believe if all of it is within theological boundaries, I can believe what each one of them believes. 
I can believe in election, and I can believe in a pursuit of holiness, and I can believe in choice. I can believe in faith. And the reason why is because the way I understand it, Brian, is that I don't understand it all. Mm -hmm. I can have a strong belief in certain things, and they're non-negotiable. But there are other things that I can say that I, I don't understand it, but I still believe it because it's in the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. And then I want to pray that God will open my mind and my heart for understanding. Is there any Scripture like that would point to that? Well, we were we were talking about. I guess I was. We were talking about a lot of guides might be intimidated to guide a group because they might get into some of these areas and, and they're going to feel like they're out of out of their league or something like that, and, and, and they're not going to have all the answers. And what you and I were saying is we're not going to have all the answers, you know. And he's not a god of confusion, but he's a god of mystery. And we were thinking of, of a verse and talking about how we just got to keep pointing our leaders and our participants back to the one who has answers. And, and we were looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, starting in verse 6. It says, Among the mature, we, d we impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. If they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Yeah. Well, you know, Brian, the way that leads me is it tells me that I have a guide in my life. Mm -hmm. I have a spiritual leader in my life, and, and his name is Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I believe that uh, I've got a lot more to learn. Uh, and I've learned a lot in the last five years, in the last 10 years, the last 20 years. Uh, I've, I started really learning a lot back when I was uh, about 1985 when I first read John 15. And I journaled through it and I began to understand about abiding in Christ and I'll bear fruit. And, and I was a strong believer at that point. I was actually uh, had a brief tenure in full-time ministry. And I was totally frustrated by my efforts, and, and I still had a lot of the old man in me that would rise up to the surface when I got agitated. You've seen that every now and then. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was, it was pretty evident there. And, um, and I think it was because I was trying very hard to make of myself a man that would be like Christ. I was pursuing holiness, and I was trying to make it happen. But when I began to see the concept of abiding in Christ and understanding the fruit that comes from that, I understood that, uh, among other things, it's the fruit of the Spirit, were things that, which were things that were not evident in my life. Effort was there, uh, sincere effort and commitment and work to serve God, but the fruit of the Spirit was not evident in my life. Every now and then there'd be a little bit of something to rise up and look okay, but it wasn't it wasn't consistent. And then when I began to understand what was missing is that I was trying to do the fruit bearing without the abiding. 
And, and that was the beginning right there. And I was probably uh, 40, 40, 41 years old. That was the beginning of maybe the New Deal for me. Then I began to refocus about kind of the how-to. Uh, and then it, as I began to the how-to stages, I, I recognized there was something more important, and it was the why-to. Now, you might be saying, well, what does that mean, the why to? Well, the why to is the motivation. And the motivation to, to be a godly man or to be like Christ or to surrender to Christ or to give myself to him to remold me and shape me is actually the love connection. Because when we begin to abide in him, we begin to sense his love. And that's the, that's the motivation to me to go and make disciples and to, and to be all in with him is because I know he loves me and, and I love him in return. But, you know, Brian, that didn't happen just at, at the point of understanding. It, it took the point of surrender. Uh, and I had to recognize at that point there was a lot I didn't understand. I didn't know. And I didn't seem to be able to find the answers in, in interpretations of certain people to tell me what I'm supposed to believe. I found my answers in going to the Scripture and letting my guide, the Holy Spirit, lead me to understand the mysteries. Hmm. And that's why I can say I can believe both poles because the theology is there, but I also believe all the points in between because the theology is there. And I also believe this, and that I have a lot more to learn. And I think we have to be that way. I think we have to be uh, learners. And if we if we establish a position and we say this is the way it is, and everybody else is wrong, well, the first evidence of that is spiritual pride. And I don't think God's in that. Yeah. And the second thing is that that we're right and they're wrong, and we're saying that in the body of Christ. Well, God's not in that because. You know, he wants us to have a, be one in the Spirit. And if we're one in the Spirit, we're not going to be adversarial to each other. We're not going to be established in a position and, and speaking that way about other people. And this is where we have to be more tender to each other and allow, allow God's grace to flow through us while he teaches us through these other positions. And I've learned from every denomination something I didn't know before. And it's taught me more about God and about his love. And to me, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. The beauty is is there is it's not it's not uniform. Mm-hmm. We need to be unified, but not uniform. We have different gifts. We have different understandings that God gives us. And, and I think if we stand by ourselves, we, we don't have a complete picture. But when the body of Christ comes together, unified as we should, differences and all, then we look beautiful. Hmm. We look beautiful. That's what God looks at. And I, I just think as a father, he doesn't want us to be establishing ourselves as, you know, we know it and they don't. And that, that hurts. That just that grieves my spirit. Well, and I, I think I'm thinking of this in terms of from a guide's perspective, because you decide you want to guide a group and uh, a man or a woman, 
and you and you pray about it and you get this group of people and they're all a bunch of people who are broken <laughs> who have a lot of experiences good and bad they got a perspective they got a theological perspective they got wounds from their past that have formed their some of their habits and their perspectives and you know you're trying to bring all this together and, and bring everybody on the same page in a sense. And uh, it can seem kind of difficult, you know, and, and then you have some who are really taken to it and really diving in. Some people aren't really doing the work, you know, and and so these questions come up all the time. What do you do about these situations? And I it always just reminds me that we're faithful to the process and we're faithful to love, love these people, you know, and if we're staying on our journey, then we'll have the fruit of the spirit and love would be one of them. But we have to release those people to God. We can't fix all their problems. We can't. If, if we start trying to micromanage a journey group, I think we're missing the point a little bit. What, what do you think about well, that? Well, I think it's a grace-driven process. You know, I said that at the very beginning. It's vertically oriented and grace-driven. That's how I describe the journey. Explain grace-driven So, well, from I mean, your perspective. Explain grace. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that uh, discipleship historically has been more about the disciplines you know, what we do. And, and it's not saying the disciplines aren't good. I mean, verse memorization is good. Having a day to quiet time is good. Uh, you know, uh, memorizing scripture is good. Sharing our faith is good. Learning to give our testimony in a short period of time without using Bible cliche or church cliches is good. All of those things that that would represent components of discipleship as I've known it in the past were driven toward uh, accountability uh, and a little bit performance too. Uh, things that you had to do if you were going to go through this course, mm-hmm. so to speak. But we, we're trying to get people in touch with uh, God at the heart connection. Now, we, we can't get there unless it's through Scripture. But it's less requirements of the person as far as accountability to me and more of a love connection that we're trying to get with him so that they will in turn through that love connection have an accountability to him mm-hmm. and what we have found is that when we can get people's hearts connected to his hearts then the disciplines gladly follow mm-hmm. gladly follow we see them memorizing scripture we see them sharing their faith we see them do all the things that we try to make of them do it to do before now they're it's it's a it's a natural expression it's a fruit of that Jesus talked about of abiding. And uh, so what we try to do in a journey group is that we try to have everybody understanding it's a process, not a program. Mm-hmm. And the process is, is, is developed, uh, has been laid out by the Holy Spirit, by the way. He's the one that revealed this and has produced this. We just are messengers. But it's to introduce those characteristics of him that a lot of people don't understand. That one, it, it, he is a God of grace. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he, he, he wants to have an intimate relationship with his children. And so many Christians don't understand that. And so you have to start with those characteristics of God. That's the first thing we do is let's take a look at God. Let's understand him. Let's get a better understanding of what he's revealed to us about himself. And then 
then then that opens eyes. So if you go into this with a predisposition that says, well, this is what I believe and this is the way it's going to be and you can't change my mind, well, then I'm going to have a conversation with that person and say, look, you're invited to be a part of this, but you have to understand there are people out here that don't have your position. And we want them to become self-feeders so that they can understand how the Holy Spirit wants them to see this. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we can can help you, but if you're not willing to be a learner and see other things that you don't understand, then, you know, I don't know how we could really help you. Uh, Generally, I don't find that very much because most people who have somewhat of a strong position also have a very strong commitment to wanting to know more. And so if you can just help them to understand that maybe it's, there are a lot of things you don't understand here, let's, let's do some more exploration in scriptures, mm-hmm. and maybe that'll edify your position. So, you know, I think we can show you a way to do that with self-feeding and hearing some other people's points of view and whatever. Now, if you have somebody who's not willing to, you know, uh, do anything that we're trying to help them see that they need to do as far as self-feeding and learning to journal and and doing some of the preparation and they're just coming and checking something off then my concern for for that person is they they might pull the group back to where they are which is a you know lack of commitment mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'll, I'll have conversation with them and say that I really think that maybe we're not helping you here now I don't think that's lack of grace I think that's just trying to help him understand that if you're going to be wanting to be a disciple of Christ and you really want to grow in your relationship with him, then there are things that you have to give effort to. Mm-hmm. It's not performance. It's just there's a lot of changes that that God wants to make in our life and we have to get in close proximity with him for that transformation to occur. And so, you know, that's that's my take on it. It's no less. Uh, it's a broader. It's a broader type of. Dis- it's a. It's a more. Um, let me say, gracious discipleship. Yeah, and and we we talk about the idea that discipleship's messy. You know, if you're going to guide a group and or do make disciples, you're going to enter into some stuff that's you know uncomfortable. So and... what's messy? Let me <laughs> let you answer that. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about. You know, there could be someone in your group who's into porn, you know, and, and it comes out, you know, or they're having an affair on their wife, you know, and, you know, and those are and they're very disappointing. Right. To hear these things. And, and then you figure out what's my responsibility to try to help this person, yeah. you know, and, and and you're just, you know, someone said, don't be a shepherd if you don't like the smell of sheep, <laughs> you know, and, and of course, mm-hmm. all that's colored with my own awareness of my own sinfulness or my own potential for sin, yeah. you know. And so I don't, you know, if we ever think we've arrived and everyone needs to help, we held our standards, we're in trouble. I think. Now we're going back to spiritual pride. Yeah. And yeah. see, that's my concern, even uh-huh. with influencers. I don't want us to think we've got it figured out. Right. You know, I think the Lord has shown us that that the one thing that we do understand very strongly, and that is we want to get people in all denominations to this Jesus that they say they worship to understand that he wants to have an intimate relationship with them. And not to make this a religion, but to make it a relationship and go into it. And that's why... What we do is vertically oriented. 
Brian, you know what? I don't care what discipleship plan that's being used out there, any one of them, any one of them, if they will make it about getting the people that are in their in their programs or plans into an intimate relationship with Christ, a disciple will be formed. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the journey. It's about the essential need for us to have that intimate relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And if we start saying that we can't be a learner because we've got a position here, we've got a position there, we've got it figured out, each one of those represents hindrances in our relationship. And so, you know, we're just trying to say, let's make it about Jesus. Let's just make this about Jesus rather than our differences. And when you do that, you draw all people together going to the same place. You know that when you started your first group in Tulsa. How many denominations did you have in there? I mean, it was very diverse because we wanted I wanted this to spread all over the city. So I wanted to get someone from almost every denomination. We had Catholics, Baptists, Church of Christ, Charismatic, uh, Presbyterian, Methodist. And they were all strong leaders within their denominations. That's right. That's right. Every one of them. And yet when you made it vertically oriented about intimacy with Christ, did they all unify in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And as a result, what happened the next year? Yeah, I mean, it multiplied to six groups the next year, and, yeah. and they started taking their own people through it. And, and there's several thousand now. Yeah. Now, what right. had happened, though, if there, there had been division in that first group? Yeah. It would what if there had been, been denominational divisions, and we're not going to be with you because you think this way or you this way, and you're wrong and you're lost and all this? Thing. What would happen to the, fi- the, the, the thousands of people that we see in Tulsa right now because that first group was dysfunctional? That's right. What That's would right. it be like? You see how Satan enters into this stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is what division is. This is what he does. But what God does— is he takes our differences and blends them together and creates harmony and beauty. Mm. And we can't have that if we're going to establish a position and say this is the way it is and everybody else is wrong. Yeah, yeah I think his word uh, is always the, the gold standard. But his word, along with his Holy Spirit, which we help people understand who the Holy Spirit is, which a lot of people don't even know who he is, um, he helps sort all these things out. With, with each believer, you know, whatever, whenever I've got a question, a theological question, someone challenges me on and I'm kind of troubled about it. The next morning I get up, open my word, and he always graciously shows me something that helps me find peace about whatever, you know, he clarifies things for me. Well, that's important because you now, what you've just said is that you go to where the answers are found. That's right. And you've learned to self-feed. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't do that, Brian, I mean, you could have a very strong and persuasive and charismatic person that could lead you astray. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where cults have been developed is because you have that kind of character that piggybacks on things like throwing scriptures out there out of context and drawing all eyes toward them. Mm -hmm. And you have naive followers that don't really know how to discern scripture. Yeah, that's right. And so that's why in the body of Christ that we have got to help people learn to discern scripture and find answers themselves and in the word of God rather than just letting a position drive them because you have a strong leader said this is the way it is well and, and along I think it's a companion thought but if there's a sin if there's sin going on with some of our people which we know there always is mm-hmm. we don't have to call it out the Holy Spirit will call it out yeah if they're if they're if they're doing what we ask them to do and they're getting in the word and they're 
he, he won't let him sleep, and he'll he'll be exposing it. You know, and that's where healing is too. You know, when we're talking about discipleship being messy, one thing that was not mentioned is the number of wounds that that people bring into the equation. Yeah, father wounds, mother wounds, abuse wounds. You know, a lot of different kinds of abuse mm-hmm. in childhood, bullying. Uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of wounds in our past that that flawless and take away the beauty of the creation God had in us when we were first born. And this world flaws us, yeah. breaks us, but He is He is the one who puts us back together. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but mended back together. And as we walk with Him, we're being more and more healed. And this is what I see. What I see is the beauty of the walk. Mm-hmm. The beauty of the walk with Christ is transformative. And if we ever start saying that, you know, He didn't love us until we get to the point where we're showing that we're the real deal, man, that just takes away my whole thought about this whole walk with Christ and how He reforms us into the, a man after His own heart. Mm-hmm. Takes time, takes time with Him. And there's a lot of mess he has to get out of our life that was put in there before he, he ever came. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a mystery to me about how he does things. You know, I, I say this all the time, that is, I think that as a, as a believer, that I can believe some things and not understand them. Mm-hmm. And the question is, well, how can I do that? You know, am I wishy-washy? No, 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 not at all. It's just that I, I admit that I, I lack knowledge. I admit that I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to reveal it to me. But I still believe what he says here is true. I just don't understand it. And I'm waiting for understanding, but until I get understanding, I'm going to believe it. And people say, well, how can that work? Well, well tell me, can you, do you understand grace? Do you understand why he gives us grace? I believe he does it, but I don't know why. Why would he love me unconditionally? Hmm. hmm? I mean, why? I, I, I don't I don't understand that, but I know he does. I don't understand a lot of the things that he hit, it, he's done. I don't know understand why he would give his son, his precious son, to die for this undeserving people, especially hmm. me. Take the lashes. Take the beatings. Why would he do that? I don't understand that. I can't figure that out. As a man, as a father, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sacrifice my son, some people like that. So if I try to take God and put him on my plane, I'm not going to understand him. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if I can take God and let God be God and worship him and believe him, even though I don't understand him, I think that's the point of view I've got to have. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of mysteries I don't understand, but I believe them because they're in the Scriptures. And that's my guide, mm. the theology, not philosophy, and not some strong charismatic leader or whatever it tells me this is the way it is. It's got to be in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And there's enough supporting evidence in the Scriptures to tell me that there's a lot more stuff that we don't understand. Is still yet to be revealed. Mm, that's right. Well, thank you, Rocky. I don't 
again, we're, we're not going to have it all solved here, but at least we maybe get some people, some, some people thinking and, and praying about this and going to the word, you know, which is our. That's the key. So it's our, it's our key. All right. Well, I um, hope you've enjoyed this today. This is uh, the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we do these podcasts, try to do them about once a week to to just challenge you and uh, get you thinking and uh, and just address things that are going on and also share with you all the exciting things happening with the ministry. Again, there's lots of journey groups going. There's a new revision. If you hadn't caught the wind of that, you can go to our website and learn more about the, the journey, J19, the journey revision that we did, which is really just in a few enhancements we made to the journey process. It's, it's the same process, but uh, we think that it might have made it a little clearer and a little easier to use. So uh, anyway, check that out at influencers.org. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can always contact us through the website as well if you would love to hear us talk about a particular podcast issue or if you have any questions at how we can help you in uh, guiding men and women to become disciples of Christ. We'd, we would love to help you. That's what this is all about. So anyway, again, my name is Brian Craig. I've been the host today of the Influencers Network podcast, and I'm going to keep encouraging you out there to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.